Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. I am jealous of that peanut butter thing you ate. Ugh. I made overnight oats at home and ate them, but then didn't bring a lunch, so it balances out. Oh, so you'll have like a cracker lunch like how I normally have? Yeah. I've been bringing lunch a lot lately, but not having breakfast, and so my peanut butter cookie breakfast, so good. Mm. Yeah. So good. Um, Nature Valley. Like, just thank you. They figured out their crumbly <laughs> mess. You know what Did I mean? Did they, though? Those oats well, and honey ones are still pretty bad. Yeah, but they're great. But then now they've, like, pivoted into this, like, breakfast cookie. World. Yeah, that I'm all about. Yeah. Still haven't tried the blueberry it's one. Like a, Nervous. It's like a hard biscuit whoopie pie is what it is. That's a really good way to say it. It's, again, it's just a big Girl Scout cookie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a dosey dough. Unless you get that almond one that's just uh, so good. But what a way to start your yeah. day. Are Straight you fangirling over those? Sugar. I might be. No, but I'm going to embarrass you. I'm totally fangirling over your haircut. It's actually inspired me. I've like, you know, you know I love a short hair. Um, but mm-hmm. I always am like, uh, do I cut it? Do I not? It's super long right now. Your hair is the longest I've ever seen it. Yeah, not into it. But then you cut your hair even shorter than it was. And I'm like, well, there we go. Now you have to cut now your I hair. Now I gotta cut it. Yeah. Because it's just like, it looks so good. I don't know. Things are happening for you. It feels good. People keep asking me, like, oh, are you a short haired person now? Like, is this what you're gonna do? And I'm like, I don't know. It's funny though. I saw a photo now. of you because I have a creepy number of photos of you on my phone. And there are ones where you have very long hair. And I'm like, who is this? Like, I've adjusted yeah. so quickly to you with the short hair. Same. I was, <laughs> Same. I saw some pictures last night and. Actually, that kind of made me miss my long hair because oh, right. there was, I don't know, I was having a really good hair day in this photo I mm, saw. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Connie Britton hair? Like, let's go back. <laughs> let's go back. Did I make a mistake? No, no you fine. didn't. You did not. It's at least good for summer. Oh, yeah. Good summer deal. What are you fangirling over? I am fangirling over the canceled show Star. I caught up on season three. I know it got canceled. So I figured I might as well just finish this, like get it off my to-do list. I don't have to think about it. That show somehow put 10 seasons of 90210 drama in three. (laughs) And the season finale was incredibly insane. There was um, a shootout at a wedding. A grandma got shot eight times. A baby is missing. So much happened in this crazy finale. And now I'm mad it didn't get renewed. So when you watched the what is the series finale, did it feel like a series finale? No. Oh, it was like cliffhanger. All of these things that I said, the baby is missing. Sing. Where that baby? Where's the who took the baby? And we'll there's some know. other stuff. And the episode prior, someone's car exploded, very similar to Dylan McKay's dad. Oh, it was it was on fire. Like the were show. you like pumped about it? Like were you yes. like, I need I, more. I need more I star. Gasped and screamed, oh my god, because all of it, it's so cheesy and a terrible show. Right. But it's so unexpected, all of these dumb things. That what happen. percentage of the time do they sing? A good amount. Okay. Like more than Glee? No. No. It's like maybe a song or two per episode. It depends on what the episode's about because sometimes they do showcases or award shows and like stuff like that. Are there ever episodes where they don't sing? I don't think so. Okay. At least maybe one person does something. Sometimes (laughs) you get like a Queen Latifah song in there, you know? Is it like a musical or it's like she's singing a song? It's more like singing a song. Okay, okay. She's yeah, because I feel like thoughts. even when other characters outside of the star girl group uh-huh. sing, it feels like 
it's time to sing a song. Okay. It's not like <laughs> it's time to sing. I'm gonna sing mid sentence kind of thing. <laughs> okay, it's but not I, like... I'm gonna miss it. Oh. It was a good trash show. I think I everyone think I should have watch it. All of it recorded on my DVR, <laughs> but we're moving, and all of the stuff that's on my DVR is about to like go away because you know when you move, it mm-hmm. will like lose it all. And I'm like, uh oh. But I guess I could probably watch it on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay. That's how I watch it. All right. All what right. are you fangirling over? Just your hair. Just my hair. That's it. That's all I have. I feel like fangirling over me doesn't really count. Well, but, but... I'm moving. I haven't watched a thing the last. Oh, I did finish Dead to Me. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Mm. Did you love it? So I was like, eh, on like the first two episodes, and then, oh, I was in. Yeah. Also, yesterday when I left the parking lot, I was texting you this, the Dead to Me car was in our parking lot, and what? I was like... Was it really? Yeah, there was a 1966 Mustang in that color, and I was like, am I going to get m- murdered? <laughs> I was just like, oh no, this is this is tragic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really liked it at the end. I really like angry Christina Applegate. That's, that's really what got me. Mm-hmm. And I also like Van from um, Reba. I don't know if any of you watched yeah. Reba. But Single Van- mom who works too hard, loves her kids, and never stops. <laughs> <laughs> but Van looking all, like, ripped in Christina Aguilar. Or Christina Aguilar. Christina Applegate. It would be a different show if it was Christina Aguilar. Christina also would watch that would show. Would watch Christina Applegate trying to have sex with him was great. Don't, my biggest bugaboo with the show is that I just don't believe Linda Cardellini looks like a Judy. Mm, that's interesting. That was it. It doesn't like, really seem- bother me. It didn't? No. I don't know. She didn't seem like a Judy. No, but I'm excited for season two now. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. That they're kind of like, they have to work together. Yeah. Um, Spoiler. Um, and also appreciated Ed Asner. He's just popping up all over the place. Man doesn't need to work. No. He was in Grease and Frankie, too. Like, sir, you're Ed Asner. <laughs> like, Excuse me, sir. You don't You, you don't, don't have to, to work. You don't need to do that. Maybe you do. Maybe, I don't know, something happened. Um, really quick, though, before we get into it, who our babe is... Today is Ali Sheedy's 57th birthday. Wow. I know. I heard it on NPR on the way. They were like, Breakfast Club star Ali Sheedy, 57. For some reason, I feel like the entire Brat Pack are forever in their 40s. Yeah, I like, agree. Like, they're not going to get older. hmm They're not teens in my mind. They're in their 40s. They're in their 40s. They're like, yeah, I don't know. 57, I don't know. They seem, I guess that's right. It seems older. Than, you're right. I think it seems older than I think. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, you're 50. Because mm-hmm. Molly Ringwald must be a little bit younger than them. Maybe. Then. But Demi Moore's in her 50s. Almost 60. <laughs> I can't, my brain cannot process <laughs> Cannot that. process that. It's like when Madonna turned 60. Okay, who is our back in the day, babe? We are covering Rob Lowe this week. A true babe. Almost too pretty. You, yeah. You sent me a concerning number of photos of Rob Lowe. Yesterday. What I like to do when we do a series on a person mm-hmm. is I Google their name and then start going by year. So oh. I'll be like Roblo 83, Roblo 84, Roblo 85 that's to see jam. how they change mm-hmm. and also like what their hottest period was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was doing last night. Did you get to a decision point for Roblo? I don't know. Honestly, probably like mid 80s, mid to late. Interesting. Because he was more confident. Interesting. Yeah. Pre-scandal. Pre-scandal. We'll talk about it. Okay. Robert Hepler. Never heard like that a, name in my feels life. Feels like a maiden name, maybe. Mom's maiden mm. name. Robert Hepler Lowe is a, uh, a, um. Is a what? I lost it. 
St. Patrick's Day, baby. There we oh go. Oh, my God. I literally could not help you. I did not know where you were going. He's born on March 17th. Oh, okay. 1964. St. Patrick's Day is, is the name In of that Virginia. holiday. Virginia. Thought yeah. he was a California baby. I thought he was through and through a California tale. Yeah. Grew up then in Dayton, Ohio. Yep. Uh, Barbara Lowe and Chuck, his parents ultimately get divorced. His mom was a teacher. Dad was a trial lawyer. We also know he has a brother, Chad, who also an actor, also becomes an actor. Um, but they grow. They move from Virginia at some point to Dayton, Ohio. Um, he goes to junior high school there. Then they move to Point Doom. Yeah. Just his mom and he and his Chad. mom gets remarried. Yes, and they all move to California. And then they go to Santa Monica High School, where he as aforementioned, befriends the Estevez Sheen crew and Sean Penn. Yeah. And he was kind of determined to be an actor. I heard a story about how he crashed the Charlie's Angels set just to see what was going on and maybe meet some people. Um, He also, at age 10, Liza Minnelli was performing in his town, and he went to her hotel, knocked on the door... Like, said, hello, Miss Minnelli. My name is Rob Blow. And he's, like, 10. He's like, and I would like to be an actor, and I would love to, you know, chat with you about it. And she let him in, and they had a conversation. That's amazing. And I was like, what? So determined. So determined. And probably so charming. Well, at and at 10. 10, I mean, we've seen those photos of him at, like, 13. Yeah. Already so attractive. Sounds creepy, but let's be honest, guys. Um, so I'm sure Liza Minnelli was like, okay. Small, adorable child. Sure, you probably will be a star. Yeah, great. She could have taken him in. She could have created him. Oh, I mean. Oh, well. Missed opportunity. We missed it. Liza. We we missed the opportunity for Rob Lowe to be like a gay theater icon. (laughs) Well, behind the candelabra, we do get later in life. (laughs) It's true. Okay, so he gets his first start on a short-lived television show called A New Kind of Family. Not to be confused with the other show on ABC at the same time called Family. No. Guys. It's a new kind. It's a new kind. Get it together, Different. ABC. New. Better. Different. Little. Little. Yeah, little. <laughs> Different. So the show stars Eileen Brennan and Talma Hopkins, but there are 10 episodes of the show total, like three episodes into the show. Mm-hmm. So essentially, Eileen Brennan is a widower. Okay. She has three kids. Rob Lowe's one of the kids. She then takes in like another single mom and her daughter, and they're oh, like- Oh, this is a new kind of family. A new kind of family. Straight up three episodes into the season, ABC yanks it from the schedule and is like, we're going to retool it. Oh, they no. get rid of the other mom and the daughter, bring in Tuma Hopkins and Janet Jackson. Wow. Yeah. And so also just like Tuma Hopkins, just How did that not make it? Okay. I know, right? Upset. But despite all these changes, ABC very aggressive, moving very quickly mm-hmm. to make these changes. We don't have time. It gets canceled. It gets right canceled. Away. But Rob Lowe keeps working for ABC. Mm-hmm. He does a few after-school specials. Great. One of which is called Schoolboy Father. Great. And it's about a high school senior who discovers his summertime girlfriend has given birth to his child and decides to fight for custody. What? All right. Sure. I want to watch. I want to watch. Um, Then we get... A TV movie. This is kind of a big This era. is how everybody entered film, it yes. seems. Thursday's Child. Now, essentially, this is a true story about a kid named Sam Poole. He's a star baseball player who's then diagnosed with a deadly heart disease. And it takes a very long time for him to sort of come to grips with this. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like living a lie and his parents are sort of concerned about it. He gets a Golden Globe nomination for this. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. But the movie was supposed to come out actually um, before, like before it did. But then the real, the person who was based on passed away, oh, so no. they pushed it. Yeah. So it, he should have made his debut a little bit 
sooner. Um, And then we get The Outsiders. Man. First movie, The Outsiders. Around this time, though, he had applied to UCLA and USC, got into both, was considering going, and then, you know, he met Francis Ford Coppola, and this is the route he chose. So to Pop Curtis. Yeah. So every time I think about The Outsiders, I remember that C. Thomas Howell like ruined his career <laughs> like because he's the kind of the star i mean he's the main brother yeah so, and they're like you know the sort of side characters a little bit um i don't know everyone had their moment i mean it's a pretty all-star hot cast Patrick i controversial take don't love this movie i think it's kind of boring mm. but i did watch it when i like was mid fever sick so uh, maybe that had to do with maybe it maybe you need to revisit yeah um, but this is just like cute boy, cute boy, cute boy. Denim, denim, oh, den- lots of just denim. Lots of denim, appropriate mullets, like kind of sweaty. Like there's mm-hmm. just like a it's lot humid. of. It's humid. It's humid. There's a lot going on. And girls across America are just losing yeah, their minds. This, could, this movie could have, the photos from this movie should have just been inserted into a teen magazine. Yes. Like that's it. That's it. That's all we need. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> Arguably didn't actually need the movie, but we needed <laughs> we needed the, the photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Then we get Class. Now, this is Andrew McCarthy's debut, which I did not know. And have you seen this movie? No. Um, I have seen it one time a very long time ago. Rob Lowe plays, like, a huge dick. He's, like, the rich kid. Okay. Seems Andrew McCarthy comes to this private school. They kind of befriend each other because Rob Lowe plays this, like, terrible prank on him. And then Andrew McCarthy's character plays an even more terrible prank back. Classic. Like, it involving a hanging. Oh, my yeah. God. Really aggressive. And then ultimately, Andrew McCarthy's character ends up having an affair with Rob Lowe's mom. A lot going on. Um, and okay. <laughs> that sounds like a good movie. Not very well received, but Rob Lowe plays, like, a rich asshole pretty well. Yeah. Like, he's kind of made for it. He didn't realize it, but he is. He's got the face for it. Yeah. For After sure. that, we get a movie called Hotel New Hampshire. Uh-huh. And he was in a music video for the Go-Go's Turn to You, which I did not know this song had a music video. I l- truly love this song. Mm-hmm. And I found it not on YouTube, on Vimeo. Oh, great. And it's basically like a 50s kind of party. And there's one point where it's just a shot of three guys. Rob Lowe is one of them. And they're just air guitar rocking out to the song and it's embarrassing but like that's it oh he's like in it throughout and mm-hmm. he's just kind of a guy at the dance but that's a very embarrassing moment for him <laughs> i think i would be embarrassed uh but after that oxford blues with ali sheedy mm-hmm. there's a lot of brat pack crossover yes throughout the early to mid 80s yeah and then we get in 85 saint almost fired I gotta say, I listened to the song on the way here and the Wayne's World soundtrack because I was prepping. Yeah. It's a jam. My One of my fantasies, easily obtainable fantasies, is to rent a convertible and like blast that song in the desert and just pretend I'm like an 80s girl. Yeah. You yeah. could do that very easily. I know. I'm gonna have to wear a scarf though. I really hate the feeling of hair in a convertible. Oh, yeah. Get a little like Thumb and Louise situation mm-hmm. going on for you. Yeah. So Rob Lowe plays Billy Hicks. Um, and he's the youngest of the lead cast, which is surprising to me, but I guess we just said Demi Moore is like almost 60, so that makes sense. Um, the first time I saw this movie, I remember saying to myself, these people suck. <laughs> yeah, they're not likable at all. No, this movie universally reviled by critics, not even panned. Wow. And I think it was, it's because, well, it's also, it's a little bit of that like brat pack stigma. 
But then they're at this weird point in your lives where you're like not really a kid yet and you're like kind of a painful adult, but you're like still behaving like a child. Yeah. And like it's a weird it period happens. for everyone. And some of them have a lot of money. They went to Georgetown. By the way, Georgetown refused to let them film there because of like the topics in the mm-hmm. movie. And so they actually filmed at the University of Maryland, which oh. is down down the road. Well, Roblo really, really wanted this part. Yeah. He uh, he actually came into his audition with a six-pack of Corona, already <laughs> being Billy. Yes. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like, made a speech of, like a, like, a passionate speech about why he wanted this role. He made several phone calls to get this part. Then he gets it, and he won a Razzie for it. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> but he's, like, smoking hot in this movie. So hot. The saxophone? What is that? There he's playing a saxophone in a neon tank top with bats on it. And you're like, wait, who is this guy? You're like, am I into this? Yeah. I also truly believe that alone inspired The Lost Boys, which came out two years later. Because you get I hope one so. bats, vampires. Yeah. Two, all the boys look like Rob Lowe's character in this movie. Yeah, with his earring. Yeah, yeah. the earring and kind of like a feathery mullet, yeah. but not mm-hmm. quite full mullet. And then you get Tim Capello playing, I still believe, that sweaty saxophone man. Maybe. Yeah. That'd be great. That's just my theory, though. I kind I of know. forgot about the earring and was like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's important. So I know you have, like, a personal connection to this movie because your mom loves My mom loved St. Almost Fire because it's a quote that he sleeps with the fat girl. And, like, my thing is Mare Winningham in this movie is not fat. Like, no. But she... But they, like, position her that yeah, way. Yeah, they and make you're her. Like, she's not. And she's just a rich girl who's doing good. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, uh It's weird, though, because Mare Winningham does not appear in any sort of list around being in the Brat Pack. But it's like she's in this movie she's definitely like if you were doing one of those like bullseyes she's on the outskirts of it yeah and like same with even like Aaliyah thompson kind of like in the same vein Um, like you're there but you're not in you're not in so saint Elmo's fire is like you know it's become much it didn't do very well at the box office it's kind of become this cult classic but i think because it contained so many of these people who crossed Mm -hmm. over later that people kind of go back and revisit it. And now it. you can kind of laugh at it. Uh, I don't know. And then they go to hula hands. I don't know. I'm always like, <laughs> they don't go to St. Elmo's. I'm like, I don't. Sure. I don't know. I just get like the scene where Demi Moore is trying to freeze herself to death. Yeah. is just like. She has that Billy Idol poster in her room. The most insane thing I've ever seen. <laughs> cinema. It's great cinema. The, when it billows, when those drapes billow, yes. it's very pretty. I mean, it's very memorable. I'll it's very that. memorable, but also uh, Following so this ridiculous. movie is a movie I have never heard of and I'm mad about it because it's called it's young, called Young Blood. It also stars Patrick Swayze. I think it's about hockey. Oh. I don't know. It just sounds like a hot movie that I want to watch. Yeah. Sounds and like I'm a hot movie. I'm mad I haven't seen it. Also, about last night with Jimmy Moore. They're just coming like back, creeping. Getting stuff like, everybody's just, hey, let's work with you. Let's yeah. work with you all the Following time. Following this, Square Dance comes out in 1987 with Winona Ryder, a baby Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Rumored they may have hooked up. Ooh. Not sure. Uh-huh. Um, but he got a Golden Globe nom for this. He has a role as the mentally disabled boy in the movie called Rory. Hmm. I watched two seconds of it and... That was enough. Oh, really? It was it was rough for me. The title Square Dance didn't turn you off? No, that obviously was made me interested. <laughs> um, then we get Masquerade and Illegally Yours in 1988. Now, 1988 becomes sort of like 
not a great year for Rubble personally. Yeah, the end of the 80s is like a pivot. A little pivot. So before this, as we mentioned, he was dating Melissa Gilbert for seven years. Um, 81 to 87. Also hooked up with the Princess of Monaco. Yeah, it seems like they were off and on, mm-hmm. Melissa Gilbert. And because, like, she also dated Tom Cruise and John Cusack. Okay, sure. Um, and so, yes, again, like, Rablo dating royalty. And then after that break, they break up. He comes back to Melissa Gilbert, proposes, bad, and then she gets pregnant. Move. And then he's like, no, I don't want to do this. And then she miscarries. Tragic. Not great. Um, and then... He also, during this period, meets his now wife. I guess they'd gone on, like, a blind date, and mm-hmm. then she was a makeup artist on the set of one of the movies that he did. So they met, like, six years later again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to talk about other people that he dated, or do we want to just get to the sex I tape? I think we should just get to the sex tape. So 1988, sex tape scandal. You, We were texting about this last night, and I was like, amazing how far we've come with sex tapes. Um, <laughs> but, so in 1988... Lowe is in Georgia. He's campaigning for Michael Dukak. Yes. Like, I was like, what? How is the Democratic National Convention involved in this story? It's, it's all crazy. Totally crazy. They're in Georgia. He meets a girl at a bar. She's 16, tells him she's 21. They have sex. They film it for whatever reason. Reasons unknown. The age of consent in Georgia at this time is 14. No. So not a problem. Age to film, 18. Sort of sure. a problem. Um, and then there's another part of this videotape where he's like with another guy and there's like a French model. Yeah. That part of the tape actually gets sold and becomes kind of like the first black market sex tape that's marketed, which I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. But Rablo, like humiliated, embarrassed, just like kiss of death. No one wants to work with him and is just like completely ostracized because of this sex tape scandal. Which like she's a minor. I get it. Yeah. But, like, wasn't a minor in Georgia? I don't know. There's, like, a lot of weirdness. And then, again, when you think about, like, sex tapes of, like, Kim Kardashian or Paris Hilton or whatever, it's kind of like, eh, it's a sex tape. Like, Yeah. If anything, would make you more famous now. Right. I mean, that's what the record has shown. Mm-hmm. And so 1988, additional low point, <laughs> the 19—or six- the 61st Academy Awards. Oh, No. So I didn't know this existed. I did not either. I had to read about Rob Lowe for a while for this to come up. Mm -hmm. But I guess he talks about it in his autobiography. Okay. But he performs with a Snow White character at the opening of the Oscars. Mm -hmm. It's about 15 minutes long. I don't think he's in the entire 15. He He like comes in the middle. Like a minute six. You can watch it. It's hard Hard. to get through he sings he sings they're singing proud mary together rob lowe and snow white but you said goodbye to grumpy and sleepy left the dwarves behind came to town to stay lights keep on burning cameras keep on turning Oh, it's like a cover of Proud Mary. Yes. They, like, changed the words. <laughs> it's bad. It's not great. And Disney apparently did not know that they were going to use Snow White, oh. which was a really big problem. Um, and they actually, I don't remember, I sent you the link, but they interviewed this woman who played Snow White, and she thought, like, this was her big break. She got to perform in front of all these stars, and then it was 
like a humiliating experience and everyone hated it pretty much. It was much. produced by the guy that produced Grease. Grease 2. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, okay. Was like, this tracks. Yeah, it was awful. There's a whole series before Radlow even gets there where they're just like parading out vintage Hollywood stars in a kind of uncomfortable manner and like making them sing at like the yeah. Ambassador Club. And I'm like, what? No, no one wants this. We don't need 15 and then, minutes. And then at the end, Lily Tomlin comes out to host and everything is safe. Everything is fine. It's fine. But what I think is funny post-sex tape scandal is a movie in 1990 called Bad Influence comes out, Mm -hmm. co-starring James Spader, of course. Makes sense. And in this movie, Rob Lowe's character tricks Spader's character to film a sex tape with someone that's not his fiance. It's about a sex tape. Was he just doing, like, role research? I don't know. Maybe or he was just trying to, like, hit it on, like, punch it in the face. You know what I mean? Where it's like, everyone's talking about this, like... I'm going to just address it. Yeah. And um, then by the time this movie came out, Rob Lowe was sued by Jan Parsons' mother, which I keep reading Jim Parsons, which would be a completely different story. Every time I've seen it, I read Jim Parsons. It's Jim Parsons. Yeah. <laughs> if Rob Lowe and Jim Parsons have a sex tape together, that's a whole nother story. I'd probably watch it. I don't know. <laughs> that's a whole nother story. So I think we're, we probably start to like know of Rob Lowe. The only reason I knew of Rob Me too. Lowe. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. And he very much credits Mike Myers with helping him revive his career. And mm-hmm. apparently when Rob Lowe hosted SNL, he and Mike Myers like had a rapport immediately, even though he chose not to do a Wayne and Garth sketch because he was like, I don't really understand. I don't think it's funny. Yeah, he chose to do a sprocket sketch, which like, is much different. Much, much different. Um, but so he's Benjamin Kane. Um, and this film is sort of reviving his career. Um, and I just, like, remember the scene where he, like, after he's gotten, like, the rectal exam and, like, him walking, you know what I mean? But, like, his suits in this yeah, movie. Yeah, suits. I always think of him on the phone, like, speaking Cantonese. Oh, <laughs> yeah, when he's ordering food. Yes. Um, but on the set, it was kind of like a good partnership because he didn't think he was funny oh and mike myers and dana carvey like helped him like oh no just like try to be lorne michaels like this will come out and it was really good and then rob lowe on the other hand like helped them be more professional in a like a film setting Mm -hmm. so they have a cute little relationship and they gave us a movie we love love oh and it's just you know and i always remember too when he's like talking about the champagne like, yes. Again, like, we should have known he was perfect for this role. He, he also, has played such an asshole before. something I didn't, I've never thought about, but it's on IMDb Trivia. Maybe it's true. Uh, when Rob Lowe's pitching the arcade sponsorship in the restaurant, he literally he literally says, literally, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just like his character in Parks and Rec. I love that. So is that where that comes from? Maybe. Do they pull from there? I love that. I hope so. I hope so, too. Then, after this, he starts, like, getting back in action. Right? He does The Finest Hour, great performance, Fox Hunt, which is a video game. It's a video game. But later a movie? Yeah, it became a movie. What? I never heard of it. Had to do a lot of research on yeah. it. But, like, what I like about Rob Lowe is that, like, he just wants to work. He is not above anything. He's game. TV movies, like, miniseries, video games. Like, man just wants to work. Yeah. Well, I also think the sex tape scandal, like, put things into perspective. Totally. Like, this could all be taken away from me. Completely. Then he's uncredited in Tommy Boy. Yeah. Like, that's shocking to me. Yeah, and I think it's really because he was supposed to do another movie and, like, a lot of conflict overlap, Mm -hmm. but he was like, I'll do this for you. Let's just be uncredited. Right. 
my favorite part you have here uh, that uh, David Spade and Chris Farley got in a fight about Rob Lowe. <laughs> jealous. Jealous fight because David Spade went out for drinks with Rob Lowe and Chris Farley got jealous. And they, like, David Spade ultimately like, threw a Diet Coke at Chris it Farley. Got physical. And then they didn't talk. Like, Chris Farley threw him down the stairs. And then they didn't talk for the rest of the production, all because of Rob Lowe. Who knew? I love that. I love that too. I was like, of course. And he basically busts out a film every year. Mm hmm. All through the 90s. All through the 90s. I'm going to be honest. I sort of forgot how integral he is in Austin Powers' world. Yes. And also did not know he's uncredited in the first Austin Powers movie. Oh. He play, has a very small role as decapitated henchman's friend. Hilarious. Uh, yeah, but he's mostly in the second one, obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. which he's... we could skip to. Uh, he actually did a very good impression of Robert Wagner mm-hmm. in the past, and Mike Myers loved it. Mm-hmm. And so Mike Myers obviously used him for the second one when they go back in time but so he can play a young number two. so much sense that he's Robert Wagner. Like, that make, that tracks to me. Yes. Like, you could 100% tell me that Robert Wagner is Rob Lowe's dad, and I'd be like, uh-huh. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I and got this it. Was, this was in 98, 99, like the end of the 90s. But what really brought him back was the West Wing in 99. Mm-hmm. I have not watched the West Wing. I'm sorry. I haven't either. It's okay. Uh, Great cast. Guys, it came out in 99. We were doing a lot of other things we in 99. We were watching Br- not even Bring It On. That was 2000. Yeah. We were watching, we were watching a lot watching of Never Been Kissed yes. on repeat on tape. Listening to Britney Spears, like, we were just in a different place. We were not ready for political drama. I was not as I'm a 17-year-old. honestly. But what's so crazy to me is that it's like, oh, you're just working with your friend's dad. Yeah. Like, I had that moment of kind being Kind of like, a dream role? Oh. Or is it more pressure? He's known Martin Sheen since he was a teenager. Yeah. Like, it just, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, of course. They're just, like, old family friends at this point. And he was really supposed to be the lead, Sam Seaborn was. Oh. Rob Lowe's character. What happened? Well, when you get an all-star cast, like Martin Sheen, Stockard Channing, Allison Janney, like... Allison Janney wasn't even all-star at this point. No, but, like, this made her all-star. But it's mostly, like, the caliber of actor. It became much more of an ensemble. And then, ultimately, Rob Lowe leaves because he, like, gets in kind of a fight with Aaron Sorkin, and he doesn't get a raise when everyone else gets a raise, and, like... He felt like he was being disrespected, but he comes back. Yeah, the very he end. truly loves the show. Mm-hmm. I guess there's talk of a reboot. I know we don't need reboots, but no. there's talk of a West Wing reboot, which mm-hmm. I think could be interesting. And yeah. there's hints, like he himself has hinted he would be the president. Right, which just makes sense. But there's like a lot, you know, people credit obviously the Sopranos, but then like the West Wing, like all of this is kind of the start like, of peak TV. Yeah, the West Wing's almost more important because it's network TV, right? Network television. It's not HBO. No. It was network television, incredibly well written, incredibly well acted, and just like like a landmark show that maybe we should be embarrassed we haven't seen, but yeah. Yeah. personal highlight for him though. He has two sons. Matthew, Matthew and John. John. Yeah. He and Cheryl. He loves being a dad. He loves being a dad. You know what he also loves being? Mm. Sober. Yeah. He stopped drinking in 1990. Still sober. 29 years. He just celebrated his 29 years. Killing it. Sobriety. Um, Speaking of family, he put out his autobiography and then he put out a second book that's about like love advice. And that makes me cringe. I don't need that. I bet he says like make love a lot. (laughs) I don't feel like he used to. He was like 
fuck. Yeah. But now it's like I make yeah. love with my wife of 20-some years, and I'm like, mm, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, when I was looking at photos of them, like, they still are super lovey-dovey. Like, there's yeah. all these paparazzi photos of them just, like, making out in New York, and they're, like, mm. in their 50s, which is cute. It's cute, but I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want it. Okay, now we get into the 2000s. Man be working. Constantly. A lot of movies. Another Austin Powers. Another Austin Powers. A lot of failed pilots. Mm. A lot of failed pilots. Indie films. You got to thank you for smoking in there. Uh Then another kind of hit show. It's a big deal. Brothers and Sisters. Totally. So he was only supposed to be a small role in Brothers and Sisters. But then the episode where he debuts on the show, which is season one, was the highest rated show like that they had had. Of course. course. Duh. So then he he moves from being um, like a Heather Locklear special of special guest star, Rob Lowe. um, And then he becomes like a permanent recurring like main cast character, but ultimately leaves before the show ends. A crazy fact about Rob Lowe in the 2000s. So 11 days before 9-11, he was on a plane with the 9-11 hijackers who were carrying out a dry run. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I hate that. No. I don't like that at all. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I just told you I ruined your day. That's okay. Um, In the 2000s, he turns down the role of McDreamy. On Grey's Anatomy. Was that a mistake? Do you think he would have mm. stayed the whole time? Like, I don't would know. he have done a Patrick Dempsey? <sighs> he would not have lap. stayed the whole time, no. I'm sure. I think he gets bored. Yeah, I don't feel like he's the type to stay. But I don't know if he would have been, he would have become a McDreamy. I don't know. Something about Patrick Dempsey's face. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the hair. Mm-hmm. Something's a little softer there. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, Rob Lowe is. Very hot, but he has like a very strong jawline. Yeah, very strong jaw. Like, would would he have become McSteamy? Ooh, interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it all worked out in this situation. Yeah, I feel like everyone's fine. Rubble's <laughs> fine. Everyone made money. Everyone had a great career. Everyone's doing okay. Another little fun fact: Rubble lost the role of Cal to Billy Zane in Titanic. <gasps> I love Billy Zane. Though. I love Billy Zane in that movie, though. But then I'm just like. Again, he plays a rich asshole really well, but, like, he seems too tan. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree. He, no, I'm, I'm you know seeing I'm him in the suit on yeah. a boat, and it's not working, it's not working at all. Because he's too tan. And that's why it's like he has this California vibe. He actually does the ads for California. Like, you know, when it's like, visit California. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Rob Lowe's always in those ads because you're just like, you are the literal embodiment of this state. Of a California man. Yeah, and I don't think he could have pulled off, like— um, I watched this, like, very 2000s biography show on Rob Lowe, and one of the talking heads was the director of Wayne's World, Mm -hmm. and she said she believes he married a makeup artist because he wants to stay beautiful. Well, he has his own skincare line. (laughs) What? Yeah. He launched it in 2015. He has a skincare line. It's a for men and women. No, for should men. we try it? Maybe, but it's for men. But we should try it, or I'll get I'll get is, it for there's there like a shaving cream. Or no, something? it's like it's like a skin. It's like a. Um, this is like Cindy Crawford stuff for men. No, it's not anti aging. It's just like a cleanser and a toner, and like it's moderately oh, priced. I bet his nighttime process. Yeah, thirty minutes for sure. He's high maintenance. Yeah, he's like using all the rollers. All the rollers. Like the LED Ooh, mask. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. He might even have one of those like bio chambers. Oh my God. Like, yes. Goes in and like hangs out in there. Yeah. Revlo. Not, I don't think he's like. He's not an alien, but he's like not of this world. No. <laughs> he 
He's like a California alien. He's a California alien. Speaking of California, he guessed, like, he's on Californication in the 2000s, late 2000s. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we going to say about Chris Traeger? Like, Parks and Recreation, just, he is the literal turning point. When literally. I tell people. Literally? Literally, he's the turning point of the show. When I tell people, if they haven't seen Parks you and Rec. You have to wait. You just skip until yep. you get to Rob. Like and Rob Lowe and Adam Scott. That's all you need. You don't need the first season. Although you do need to see Leslie Nope falling down that hill or like into the pit. Fair. But worth it. Worth it. But Mark, trash. Get Mark no. out of there. We don't care. They were the saving grace of Parks and Rec. Absolutely. And it just like it puts the show in a different echelon and his character when he's when he's so sick, dude, the episode where they're like, sick. stop pooping in the mirror <laughs> at himself. I just didn't plan to talk about that, but I forgot. Um, he's just so charming. And I think you understand why he has worked so continuously. Yes. Because it's, and I think that is much more of like maybe who he is naturally is a little goofy. And he was, he was talking about him and, and uh, Charlie Sheen. In high school, and he's like, "Yeah, we were both nerds," and I'm like, "Liar! You're a liar." <laughs> no, like, no, you're not. You thought you were nerds because every girl was too scared to talk to you, and everyone was huddled in a corner just staring. Totally, that's exactly what was and happening. And I was just like, "But maybe you are a little nerdy because you kind of grew up in this like weird place." But it's so funny to me that he was a dramatic actor for so long, and it's like because he's a brilliant comedian. Like his timing mm-hmm. is great, and that show really, really does his skills justice yeah. i think a lot of tv in the 2010s mm-hmm. two tv movies that i kind of want to watch drew peterson untouchable and prosecuting casey anthony he's really getting into those Very timely nancy grace yeah and topics. then you get behind the candelabra mm-hmm. his face he was the best part of that for mm-hmm. me i loved him i remember the billboards that. were all over this all over this town for behind yeah. the candelabra and he did something called sex tape good good for cool, you cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. the grinder fred savage mm-hmm. got a golden globe nom for that shocking more movies did not know he was the voice of simba in like the animated disney the lion guard did not know that either did not know that a show that i wanted to watch and did not watch it came out around 2017 was called The Low Files. Love. And he and his two sons drove around, like, on adventures for unsolved mysteries. Great. It was an A&E show. Great. That sounds perfect. But, like, literally, you only get that show because, you know, Rob Lowe's like, hey, what if we do this thing? And A&E's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're charming and great. What, whatever you want to do, Rob Lowe. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, and now, 911 Lone Star. Yeah. 2020. And some show called Wild Bill, which is like a crime dramedy it's like a British for show. BBC. Yeah. I, I is TV, he going to have an accent? I don't know. Should he's, we watch it? He's got to lose that tan. Uh, I British saw, people are I not saw tan. a photo. He is tan. <sighs> They're not tan. They are fake tan, though. That works. Oh, that's true. Have you seen Sabrina or 100% Hotter, the makeover show? <laughs> they just put bronzer all over yeah, you. Yeah, because they're so pale and they like... But it's bad. It's like borderline offensive. <laughs> it's borderline offensive. It, it's bad. You know the most shocking thing that I learned in doing any sort of research? What? Rob Lowe went fully gray at 24. Mm. Just been it works, dying though. that hair for 30 years. 
But he could be gray. He oh, could he could fully pull be a Steve gray. Martin thing. It's fine. I feel like now he should ease into it. Yeah. Because it's like if you're, I think you know, he's got a little like salt and peppery now, right? Yeah, I think so. Maybe for nine one one Lone Star. But again, like the hair will not match the face because that face is so freaking youthful. Yeah, that's true. Mm. So wh- why do you think he's back in the day, babe? Obviously, he's charming as hell and gorgeous, shockingly attractive. Yeah. He's, like, not really my type, Mm -hmm. but if I spoke to him, I'd be like, man, I don't want to have a crush on you. Now I do. Now you do. Yeah, when you were sending me all the photos, I was like, oh, you would have been all over this. Oh, his, like, after-school special era. I mean, he's probably, like, 14, but it looked like all the Rooney guys I loved when I was in high school. Totally. Oh, what a mess. And also Steve from Stranger Things. uh, You mean uh, Billy? Billy. So many... But also a little Steve. Like, yeah, a lot of denim. A lot of denim. One a too lot many of attitude. Buttons undone. Like a, like a unisex belt. Like girls could wear it, boys could wear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, I get the it. The tightest pants. I sent you one photo where it was like a white cutoff tank mm-hmm. in the tightest jeans and he was just holding a cigarette. Wow. Yeah. My re- immediate response was the cigarette always gets me. I just imagine how many cigarettes these movie sets must have gone through. Oh, like, could you breathe? No. St. Elmo's Fire must have been out of control. Like, just all of them smoking so much constantly. Mm-hmm. And, like, for some reason, drinking Pepsi. They're, like, <laughs> They're hanging totally, out. They're very much the Pepsi generation. <laughs> <On set. Yeah. laughs> I just Super I can funny. see it. I know it didn't happen, but I can yeah, see it. You can see it. So what is your kind of opinion of him then versus now? Uh, I think he's much more likable and approachable now. I agree. Uh, I think that's about the only difference. Do you think it's... Maybe he is more confident in himself. He knows who he is, mm-hmm. what's he's, what he's about. Do you think it's directly correlated to his character on Parks and Rec? No, not really. Yeah. I think it's overall, like, 90s, because I think all the Mike Myers stuff really helped, too. Oh, yeah. Just having him do anything comedy-related. What I really appreciate about him is that it seems like he doesn't take himself too seriously, and he absolutely could be the person that does. Yeah, because he clearly cares about his face. Yeah, but it's just like he's worked for 30-plus years, and but he's, like, done everything. He's done the theater. Like, he seems open to any opportunity mm-hmm. and is very much willing to make fun of himself. Yeah. Which I really like he's doing reality TV. Reblo, you don't have to do reality TV, but he's just like but I do think he works so much to stay sober. Yeah. Like that makes sense. I bet he's, he's addicted to working. Yeah. Addicted to skincare, addicted to working. So he's not drinking. Well, good for him. Makes sense to me. Um how I, much is he worth? What's his net worth? I mean he lives in Montecito in Santa Barbara, A which lot. is he's like Oprah's neighbor. Um, okay, well and he has lived there. He used to get driven to Parks and Rec every day. My dream. From Santa Barbara. It's like an hour and a half, one way. Wow. I was like, man, okay. That sounds like a delight. Yeah. Um, I just realized I didn't know a lot about Rob Lowe. It's one of yeah. those people where you're like, oh, you've been in my life. You've been in my entire life. And I really don't know a lot about you. But I liked, I liked learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nerdy sentiment of the day i liked learning <laughs> wow. about rablo only you would say that i liked learning i did i liked learning okay oh. guys what's your favorite rablo movie we skipped over a lot because there's too much yeah his career is dense it's really impressive yeah 
Um, it's interesting to me that he's like so much considered the Brat Pack. And it's just like he, yes, he worked with a lot of people. I feel like he escaped it pretty quickly. Yeah. But maybe it was because of the scandal. Yeah. He had a sure. natural break. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't work for like two years. So I don't know. Want to know? Send us an email, hellofangirls at gmail.com or find us on social. So until next week, bye. bye.